Welcome to HBCU Excellence, where we spotlight and tell the stories of prestigious historically black college graduates. So stay tuned and let's get ready. Hello, everybody. My name is Ashley Deadweiler Jones, and I'm here with our host, Ms. Andrea Evans, presenting one of our HBCU spotlights. We are presenting so many individuals that are, you know, that exude excellence when it comes to their professional life, when it comes to what they've done academically, and just throughout their career. And we really want to spotlight you today, Ms. Letitia Deer Jackson, as one of our Spelman sisters, who has done so many wonderful things. Yep. We want to get to know a lot more about you and um, tell us who you are, um, why you chose Spelman, and kind of where you, how you've gotten to where you are today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm from Los Angeles. I always tell people, if you ever saw the wood, that junior high and that high school was mine. Um, a St. Bernard graduate, he actually wrote that movie. So that just gives you a little spotlight of my junior high and my high school. I got accepted to 26 schools from state schools all the way to Ivy League. And my parents had two requirements. I had to go away and I had to go to an HBCU. So... <laughs> Um, it was between Hampton and Spelman. I went to Spelman first for the Spellbound program, fell in love. And before we left on that weekend, my dad made the deposit, never made it to Hampton, and don't regret it. Wow. So when you know, you know. It's something about those Spelman gates, right? Yes. Well, let's fast forward because you are a judge. And, I am. And, you know, I got to tell you real quick now, when I was in third grade, I used to watch the People's Court. And I said, ever since third grade, I wanted to be a judge. Now, I'm an intellectual property lawyer, and I own a law firm now. But I just want to know, did you always know that you wanted to become a judge? I, I will say always at a young age. Um, it probably was closer to middle school. So one of my neighbors, she was a judge there in L.A. County, and I got the opportunity to go with her one day to work with her and her daughter, who was also one of our Spelman sisters. Um, she graduated a year behind us, and she inspired me in between her and Thurl Girl Marshall. Um, that's just what I knew I wanted to do. Actually, when I came to Spelman, I knew I wanted to be a judge. Wasn't until I got to Spelman that I realized you had to be a lawyer before you could be a judge. Mm -hmm. So I had to just go through the process, but I did always know. Well, what did you major in while you were at Spelman? What, what did you major in to get where you Economic pre-law. So I did economic pre-law and then I had a double minor in writing and management organization. Because originally when I found out I had to do the judge, I thought I wanted to do corporate law. My dad was in corporate America, but then I realized how much I love people and that the transactional side wasn't for me. I needed to be in the thick of things and the throw of things um, in the courtroom daily. And I know with IP, you're not necessarily in the courtroom. I just know for me, that wasn't for me. Yeah, well, you know, that's good that you, at an early age, knew what you wanted to do. And I know that your Spelman sisters had to motivate you during the day. So I want to talk about that community because I know community is important. So sure. what was one of your best experiences, experiences at Spelman? If you had to choose just one. Oh my. So it's actually a negative that I can make positive. I'm from Los Angeles. And although I went to the junior high that was featured in the wood, La Tijera, that wasn't my everyday life of some of the negative things that you saw in the uh, movie. And so when I was a freshman, I actually had a bad experience off campus um, and was ready to pack up and move and go back to the University of Southern California or back home and go to the University of Southern California. Um, and my Spelman sisters actually just 
surrounded me with love, gave me that sisterhood that I didn't have because I grew up as an only child and helped me to know that it was going to be okay. They talked with the administration and just got me everything to get me through that. And so I look at that and I literally came in a child to Spelman, I would say, and I left a woman. And I think a lot of that is because of my sisters. Wonderful, wonderful. So when you were at Spelman, when you say your your sisters, did you were you also a part of a sorority when you were at Spelman, or was it just the Spelman sisterhood that, that So it was it's both. So I'm mm-hmm. also a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, Sweet New Pie Chapter. Um, and I was initiated in my senior year, but a lot of my friends were members from when they were sophomores, so we were always still close. And I knew that that was just another step that I wanted to do to enhance my sisterhood. Well, you know, I am a member of Delta Sorority Yes, Ada Kappa. And, and, you know, let's talk about the sisterhood that you have in the sorority and in the college. You know, it's interesting because now that we've we've graduated when you meet a spellman sister you can just say spellman and it's an immediate you know just absolutely so i know you give back to the community and you do a lot in the community how important is that to you and tell us more about what you do to give back in the community sure so it's just a part of me it's been a part of me since i was younger my grandfather was a baptist pastor my mom grew up and her thing was you will always serve Um, And so whether I started, you know, doing community service when I was probably in elementary school, but now I still continue whether I'm serving on the board of directors for the Boys and Girls Club, DeKalb County, or Leadership DeKalb, or doing mentoring in the community, serving at the church over the youth. It's just important. And I think that just goes back to something with Spelman, because Spelman also um, will teach you about being a whole woman. And being that whole woman is not just about what you're doing for yourself, but it's what you are doing with yourself to make sure that everyone around you, um, whether you touch them directly or indirectly, is growing as well. Well, you know, when um, when individuals see you in your robe, you know, on the stand, they see a very serious person. They know that she is not about any games. Right. But when you were at Spelman College, I'm sure you had tons of fun. What were some of the fun things uh, Honorable Letitia. Yes. So you can never stop. You always, you know, you have before they built that parking deck um, where it was, it used to be that lot and people would pull up with their cars and you would just have impromptu dance parties in the parking lot, (laughs) you know, or lower manly parties or just having uh, get togethers with your friends, whether it was in the dorms and the, I think in freshman year we had, what was it? The freshman dorm competitions and you had the freshman step team. Those are the things that you just can't, you know, you can't forget about or the memories of when you had people that you thought were unreachable, like Maya Angelou or Pearl Cleage, when they would just come to the school and you actually had the opportunity to hear them. So it's like, that's just how you have fun and enjoy the moment. Well, I know you had a lot of fun, uh, but let's talk about your best memory or something that happened to you that exuded the confidence that you have today, like that lesson that you learned at Spelman. Because like you said, we entered the gates young. For me, I actually graduated from high school and literally three days later, I started the summer program and that was it. You know, I was in college. And so we're so young, but there's so many different responsibilities. We're talking pre-Facebook, pre-cell phones. Yes. Date ourselves a little bit, but what's something that, happened to you that made you so confident in being a judge? Because you're an elected judge, right? I am. 
of a county of three quarters of a million people. Well, let's talk about this. So, so running for office, tell us how Spellman instilled that confidence in you um, and that excellence that you exude to make you the powerful judge that you are today. Sure. So it's a combination. So when you were there, you might have saw things in yourself, but with Spellman, everybody came in, homecoming queen, everybody was prom queen, everyone was valedictorian or probably in the top 10 or so of the class. And so everyone came in successful. So that could no longer be your, well, I was the valedictorian, I was the salutatorian, I was this. You had to create your own niche in everyone that was already doing great. And you had to be comfortable and confident in that or else you wouldn't succeed in Spelman. And so in that, you had to be confident in yourself that there's a reason why Spelman chose me just like I chose Spelman. And that's what you have to dig deep on. And so there were times on the campaign trail where I just said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it or what happens if, but I had to go back to the people. I hope that the people would choose me just like I'm choosing them, which is kind of the same thing with Spelman. Oh, I love that. Wow. That's a that's an amazing story. I'll tell you when when I walked into Spelman, I never dreamed of being a judge. If if um, you know, you were talking to Ashley, 17 years old, and I, you know, I met you, I might have actually considered following your footsteps. What what do you need to do? I mean, you you went to law school. What are some of the steps beyond law school if you want to take sure. that career track? So after law school, um, and let me say this, I'm going to give a plug, even though it's about HBCU to Georgia State. They are a great school. Um, they are always very competitive nationwide, but you have to pick a school. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say do some of the things I did. So what I did is I picked a school because my parents moved here from California my junior year of college. So I knew I didn't want to be apart from them again. So I knew me leaving Georgia wasn't the option. Um, and I would have the affordability and the um, opportunity where my parents were able to pay for my law school. But what I will say is, unless you're trying to go on Wall Street or be a district clerk or something like that, go where the money is, where you won't have debt. Um, and then make your name and use that same confidence that got you into law school to get you through law school. So that's something that I would do different than what I did. Um, if you don't have the um, ability to self-fund. Then after that, just be strategic. And so if you know that you want to be a judge, when you have to do an inner um, reflection of yourself, you have to know that you like people. Um, if you don't like being around people and you don't like interacting with them, that might not be for you. And then from there, look at every job that you do. How does that help you get to your next goal? So it's just like when you were in school, you had to take those courses for your major, but you had electives. But sometimes you took an elective because it was fun. It was just easier something that you needed to boost your GPA because you were having a tough semester in your major, but everything that you did was still strategic to making sure that you were, you know, graduating in your major. So it's the same thing. Just keep looking, get involved in the community because at the end of the day, the community is going to elect you, whether um, you're appointed first and then you're elected, or if you're appointed to the position, that's still a community, although it's a smaller community that's still a community that is going to um, get you to where you are. You don't just get to be a judge because you made that decision and then that's where it is. So you have to make sure that you are constantly involved with whichever community um, that is gonna support you. Oh, I love that because that applies to every career and any career, mm -hmm. that's amazing advice. And right now we think about all this debt that so many people have and they graduate and can't get a job. So 
That's right. another perspective that we haven't talked about. If you're not able to get a full tuition scholarship and you're on the fence, maybe you go to a school that is right. not able to fund you with uh, scholarship opportunities. And you mentioned community, right? And giving back to your community and having this community. So I'm just curious, you know, going back to Spelman, um, when you think about all the sisters that you gained as the only child, you know, that's saying a lot to be by yourself and then just be amongst all these excellent women, like you said, who were at the top of their game. If you had to go back to 1994 and we surveyed five of your closest friends at Spelman, uh, what would they nominate you for? Most likely to do what? Be a preacher's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my line name. But like, that's literally what they would, they would say is she would be the preacher's wife. Someone would probably say, yes, she wanted to be a judge, but it won't happen. She's going to end up being the first lady of the church. Now tell us why. So were you very spiritual in college or? I was. So I dealt with the gospel choir church, Bible study, everything was still centered just around that. Um, so it was just part of, I think also people always say growing up, they were scared of their mom and dad. I was scared of my dad and Jesus. And so, and part of that came because of my grandfather and he would say things such as, well, if you're going to do that, um, if Jesus came, what would he say? And so I was just, it, it never came away and it never left. So that's kind of, that's what they would say is that I probably would be well, shoot. Hey, your grandfather was a man before his time. He should have trademarked that expression. Yes. That a whole bracelet and shirts. What would you do? Everything. We missed out on that. <laughs> hey, Ashley, I'm taking notes for my own children. Let me, uh, you know, give them the side eye and throw that out and see what happens. So that's that's interesting and good to know that your family was so supportive and to be able to pack up and move all the way from the West Coast to Georgia, and I gotta say this, being from Texas, you know, I'm a Southerner, I kind of detect a Southern accent, so you like a West Coast uh, transplant Southerner in Georgia. Absolutely, and I married a Southern man from Mobile, Alabama, so back home in LA, and then my family is, my parents are both from Chicago or the Chicago, Illinois area, and so they're like, you don't, you're not from Los Angeles anymore, and you don't sound like you're from Los Angeles, you are definitely from the South, and so. I love it. I wouldn't trade it. Awesome. Awesome. So let me ask you this. And, you know, we, we hear a lot of things on television or in the media about, um, you know, African-Americans, you know, and mm -hmm. how we are not necessarily treated the best when it comes to the, the, ju the judicial system. Absolutely. How important is it for us to have people just like you sitting on the bench? So it, it cuts both ways and it cuts both ways because I think sometimes people see me and I am serious on the bench, but I'm also compassionate and I don't lose my humanity. And so um, I don't talk down to people regardless of what I may think about what they did. Um, and I'm speaking on the criminal side or on a custody case where I have parents that should get it together and focus on the child, but they're just still focused on their hurt or their own individuals. I don't give those opinions. I just tell them, look, this is what you should be focused on, or you have to make your redemption how you can. Um, but it cuts the opposite way because sometimes they see this young black woman and they're like, oh, she's going to be with us. And, it, and it's not that. Like, I can relate. I understand on certain things, and I'm going to give you that compassion. But at the same time, if I have someone that's not before me that's African-American, they're going to be treated the same way. Right. The law is the law. <laughs> 
Well, that is one thing. Well, you just exude this confidence and, you know, this beautiful smile, just a beautiful person inside and out. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. But before we go now, we have a lot of people watching that um, need some motivation and some mm -hmm. encouragement. And so I'm just curious, uh, because I know you have something good to say, what would be your mantra um, that you would want to feel and everybody watching, especially during this time? So it's funny you say that. So in addition to everything that I do as just the trial line judge, I also serve as the presiding judge for drug court track one. So drug court track one is the high risk, high recidivism group. Um, and I'll tell them all the time as they're going through things, if they um, happen to have a positive screen or have had a rough week and some other issues, um, one of the things that I will tell them is the reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror because you have to spend more time looking forward than you do going backwards. You can't forget what's behind you. You use it as a point of reference and to make sure that it's still there, but you're always looking forward. So that's kind of what I would just tell anyone is regardless of what's going on, your past is that it's your past. It's a part of your foundation, but at the same time, you always have to be looking forward to see how you can move forward um, and not let your past fully define you, but just be a part of the definition. Awesome. Ooh, I love that. Hey, mic drop, you know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, that's saying so much because sometimes we have things that affect us in the past and we dwell on that. And so many right. people will blame their past for their present. And I love that you uh, provide those words of wisdom and that encouragement for people watching. All we can do is look forward and just take it one day at a time. That's it. I'm and sometimes you got to take it one minute by the time. You know, yeah. sometimes it's just minute by minute. I'm going to steal that when I'm talking to my, my children. Go ahead. It's yours. It's it. yours. <laughs> it's yours. I think, to be honest, I um, I might have got it from Mandia or Tyler Perry or somebody. <laughs> I can't even remember, but I didn't. it was not my brainchild. I will say that. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. And I know everybody wants to know where they can follow you on social media or just follow you to learn more about your story. So can you share that information? Sure. So if you just Google Judge Letitia Deer Jackson, it will come up. Deer like you're writing a letter. Jackson like Michael and Janet. Um, you'll see the Superior Court webpage there. Then from there, you can see our calendars. You can pop in on court if you're in the Metro Atlanta area. On social media, on Facebook, it's Letitia Deer Jackson. On Twitter and Instagram, I think it's Judge LDJ. Well, keep up the good work. You are Thank a trailblazer, and Ashley and I are so proud to call you our Spellman sister. I yes, am so proud to be your Spellman sister, and I'm just glad y'all thought enough of me to ask me to do this. I love it. Thank you so much. We're sending you virtual hugs. And kisses. Be safe. Virtual hugs and kisses. Just imagine we're back around the oval singing the hymn. That's right. Thank you. We should have asked you to sing. That's what we should have asked you to close us. No? Okay. <laughs> God <laughs> knew that he couldn't that he couldn't give me all the talents. <laughs> I like that. Well, hey, you have a lot of quotables, so I want to push you to write a book because you have dropped so much knowledge. And what inspired me to want to be a judge was Judge Wapner. So mm -hmm. I couldn't have imagined being in third grade, you know, seeing a black female judge tell right. this. So please continue to tell your story because this was so thank inspiring. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hugs and kisses to you both. Thank you so much. Have a
Thanks for joining us on HBCU Excellence.